Romans chapter number 11, verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Now, we've talked about this morning, the omnipotence of God. We're talking tonight about the omniscience of God and omniscience, basically all knowledge, all knowing. Um, and we know that God has... He didn't have the ability to know all. He, he knows all. He knows all. There is no shortage of knowledge. There's nothing uncovered or hidden uh, from the Lord. And, you know, I like what Tozer said in, in reference to, and we're talking about God's vision for us and now our vision of God, who is God, and we ought to establish that. And, and I think far too long churches have minimize doctrinal preaching and we preached cushy things, uh, feel good things, current things, but we need to make sure. Uh, and by the way, doctrine is current and it is relevant because it affects behavior. And as I've said probably 20 times and I'll say it 20 more, uh, belief affects behavior. And we, we somehow think that I can believe one way and behave another way. That doesn't, that doesn't work. And your belief shapes the way you live. It shapes the way you die. It shapes the way you take death. It shapes the way you take heartache. It shapes the way you take tragedy. Belief determines behavior and how you, how you respond to uh, a crisis, how you respond to something that happens at your house. Your belief um, about who God is and what happens does affect the way you behave. Tozer said this, with the goodness of God to desire our highest welfare, the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve it, what do we lack? Surely we are the most favored of all creatures. We have the goodness of God desiring our best. We have the wisdom of God to plan it, the power of God to perform it. So we are of all creatures most blessed because we have a God working these characteristics, this character of God for us. It would be one thing if we said God was omnipotent, but he's against me. Romans tells us we learned this morning God's for us. God's for us. So not only do we have an omnipotent God, but he's for us. Not only do we have an omniscient God that knows you talk about blackmail. How do people blackmail the people? They know something on them. They know something about them. They know something they've done. God knows all. God knows everything. So really it's a sobering fact. It's a scary fact, but it's, a, it's really satisfying in a way as well because God knows about me. You know, God knows about me. And, and uh, if you, I, I have cars, you have a car, I have a car. I hate to say it, I don't really know about the car. I just, I'm, I'm, I like to take care of them, but I don't, I don't like to spend time, you know, I just like to go. Get in the car, press gas. Does anybody like to go? I just like to go. I mean, I, I'm, some of you like to take a toothbrush and you like to look at it. If, if I had a car that's just taking up space in the garage, Brother Mitchell, I'm sorry, it's going on the road. Pedal to the metal. Now I may not have it. I mean, I have it from 1967. To, obviously, I wouldn't have it if that were the case. 
I'm not talking about abusing one, just driving it. That's what cars are for. So I don't know all about it. But you know, it'd be one thing to say that God knows everything, but then to, to be a part of God's character that was shady, understanding that God could use that knowledge against us. Understanding that God can basically blackmail his, uh, us with the knowledge he has of us. But I'm glad we have a God who is defined by love. God is love. He's defined by the goodness of his character. He's defined by his mercy. He's defined by his grace. And so to have that God know about me, in this case, that's a good thing. Now, it's sobering in the fact that there's part to me and part to you that we don't want anybody to know about. God knows everything about us. I want to talk about his, his knowledge and his wisdom uh, tonight. What does he know? First Samuel, you may want to jot some of these down um, and, and you can look them up later. I have them as reference for the omniscience of God. First Samuel 2 verse 3, the latter part, the Lord is a God of knowledge and by him actions are weighed. And we'll talk about the balance of knowledge wisdom and uh, it's one thing to know things it's another thing to know how to handle the knowledge we we can know stuff now everything we know we have to learn God didn't learn anything God doesn't have any aha moments you know God never wakes up well that's a good one God never wakes up because guess what he never goes to sleep that's a good thought if you're having a bad day just think about that one time he never wakes up to one eternal day and he's, and he's charged with taking care of his children. Amen. First John 3.20. God is greater than our heart and he knoweth all things. Psalm 147.5. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Hebrews 4.13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Everything's uncovered before him. And we all must give an account of those things. You know, that, that's the sobering part is to understand that there's nothing hidden from God. There's nothing about me. There's nothing about you that's hidden from God. He sees us transparently. There's nothing, nothing that you'll ever think or do or cross your mind that God doesn't know about. He knows everything we are and who we are and what we do is uncovered by God. And boy, that ought to cause us uh, to live right. And, and let me just say, in this, in this pseudo grace movement we have today in these contemporary churches that, that scream, no judge, no judge, no judge, and and we're by grace, and I'm just so glad I got set free from all these rules and, and set free. Listen, I don't do what I do because God's holding over my head a whip. I don't live for Jesus because I'm afraid he's around the corner at my house. I don't know where these guys get this idea. I'm just so glad I got freedom from that. I hope I never get freedom from the fact that there's an omnipotent, omniscient God who sees every part of me and knows everything I'm doing. Hey, it ought to cause me. When I knew daddy was home, it changed the way I acted. There were things I would do, Brother Mahaffey, when daddy wasn't home that I would not do when daddy was home. And if you say you didn't do that, you're lying. 
or mama or whoever was in charge. <laughs> if, if daddy was at work, there was a certain part of me that felt free. I'm just going to be honest. Well, Sam, if I knew it was 3.30, 4.15 in the evening and he had to be at work, I don't remember what time, daddy, what time you had to go to work in the evening, second shift? Five o'clock, but he'd leave at 3.30. That's the truth. I ain't lying. He, he, you, you, I, he, I'm sure he probably wasn't late in 30 years. Unless he had a wreck or something on the way. Even then, he could have recovered and got to work still on time. <laughs> I promise you, he don't drive over 35 and he still made it there. <laughs> but there's just something about the present. When, when I knew he was gone, it's, and mama, she was a force to be reckoned with herself, but there's just something different about daddy. And so when he was gone, I thought, we can just kind of ride, you know, I ain't supposed to ride on the road, but we can ride on the road a little bit because daddy ain't home. I ain't supposed to be on the road, but daddy ain't home. What, he, what them boys taught me is what he don't know won't hurt him. I found out it sure hurt me. He didn't tell me that part. What happens when he finds out? What happens when the neighbor calls and says, I don't know, sir, if you know this or not, but I seen your son riding up down Paint Road the other evening. That's not good. You know, the, the omniscience of God, it, it is sobering. And, and I feel sorry for people who feel like they have to be free uh, from a God. I, I don't serve some tyrant. I serve a God who loved me with everlasting love. And yes, he's a God of grace and he's a God of mercy. But just know that he sees everything. And I think if we understood that, it would affect our behavior. There are things that people would not do if they understood the overarching presence of an almighty, omnipotent, omniscient God who is there, who is ever present at all times. He's not like Satan. He, God can be everywhere at the same time. Satan can't, so he sends his demons to do his work for him. But I'm thankful that God is everywhere. Though it is sobering, it is reassuring in the fact that there's never a place I'm going to go. There's never something I'm going to be involved in. There's, never, there's not a road too far in Surrey County that God can't find me and be with me wherever I'm at, day or night. There's never a time when you're going to be too far from God's reach. He's not going to call another district and have them come after you. God knows where you're at. He knows how to take care of you in his wisdom he knows all about where you are in his omnipotence he knows how to take care of you when you are there and in his goodness he's going to do things for your good and his glory so I'm glad he's in charge I'm glad he knows about things not just knows about him he knows all of them all about me all about you you know the Bible many places implies God's unlimited knowledge I want to give you some of those you can jot the verse down. Luke 12, 7. He numbers the hairs on our head. Psalm 139, 4. He knows your words before you speak them. Psalm 139, 2. He knows your thoughts before you think them. Matthew 6, 8. He knows your prayers before you pray them. Psalm 139, 2 and 3. He knows when you get up in the morning. He knows when you go to bed at night. Psalm 139, 16 tells us he knows everything you're going to do tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, every moment of every day until the moment of your death. He knows it. Matthew 12, 36, every word you say is recorded and one day you'll give an account for every careless, thoughtless, 
an unkind, unchristian comment you make. Every idle word. He sees everything done in secret, both good and bad, according to Matthew 6, 4. He hears every whispered word and will one day shout him from the housetop, Luke 12, 3. No wonder David exclaimed as he wondered how much God knew about him in Psalm 139.5. He says, Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Basically, David said, I feel like I'm, I'm surrounded. I'm cornered. You got me covered in front. You got me covered from behind. You even got your hand on my head. For somebody who's doing wrong, that's a precarious position. But for somebody who's doing right, that's a good place to be. Surrounded in the front by God, behind by God. And he's covered. He's got you covered with his hand. Oh, the knowledge and wisdom of God. I'm so thankful for him. And, and the beauty is not only does he have all knowledge, but he knows how to use it beneficially to his children. As I said, it's one thing to have all knowledge, but it's another thing to be able to balance what is benevolent, what is moral, what is right in the decision. There's never a time when God doesn't make a perfect balance of benevolence and morality and goodness and mercy and justice and love. He puts all of that stuff. If I was in charge of mixing those ingredients, I'd mess them all up. But God knows just how much mercy to put in, just how much love and the justice comes just at the right time. And his long suffering uh, causes the, the justice to hang on just for another minute while mercy comes in here and grace comes in here. And then love uh, covers the person when the justice does come. The love of God covers them even in the justice. I'm glad that God has all wisdom and infinite knowledge and knows how to work everything for us. I'm thankful he does. What a God we serve. Yes. He's got us covered. <laughs> Before, behind, got his hand on us. I'm glad he's in charge. He's, he's in control. His knowledge is infinite. It's intuitive. God doesn't learn anything. He doesn't deliberate about anything. He's infallible. God doesn't. He never gets anything wrong. He never needs more information. He never needs more time to make a decision. Now he may take time, but not because he needs time. You know, the only proper responses to this kind of knowledge are wonder and wisdom and worship. Wonder to think that God could have such knowledge and handle it so appropriately. And to think, that the same knowledge he could snuff me out with or he could indict me on. Do you know what God knows about you? Well, we're so quick to point out other people's failures and, and when they mess up, we're, we're sure to be there and take a picture and we're sure to indict him and we're sure to throw away the key. But do you really know what God knows about you? I mean, think of all the times you failed him. Think of all the times that you have come up short. Think of all the times that you should have witnessed and you didn't witness. You should have went and you didn't go. You should have done and you didn't do. Or you should not have done that and you did that anyway. Think of all the ammunition that God has about you. But in his love, mingled with his wisdom and his infinite knowledge, he has mercy on us. Even though he has enough information to, to take 
the key and throw it away and keep us locked up forever. God, there would be no bail for us. We deserve hell. But I'm so thankful that God's wisdom and knowledge about us does not determine his actions towards us except to show mercy. The action of God with the wisdom of us, the knowledge of us, what was it? What was the action of God based on the knowledge of us? For God so loved the world that he gave. That was his decision based on his knowledge of us. He could have put us away forever. He could have destroyed us like he did in Noah's day. He could have decimated us like he did Sodom and Gomorrah. But I'm glad in wrath God remembered mercy. I'm thankful that he did. I'm glad his knowledge did not did not indict us in the sense that he caused the love and mercy of God to act on our behalf. God's knowledge is incomprehensible. You know, we we uh, we can't we can't even scratch the surface of God's knowledge and often we we ask why something happens or why something doesn't turn out the way we think it ought to turn out but you know um, we we can't see we can't see any possible good in certain situations there are things that happen to you you can't see any good come out of them. you think I can't see anything you ever said that I don't see anything good can come out of this I'm glad God can because he has full knowledge, full wisdom. That's why you, I wouldn't have done that if I was God. That's why you're not God. Because you can't see the end. He sees a lot farther, a lot higher than we see as we learned this morning. And thus is why he does some things that you and I don't understand. And we're looking at them and thinking, why in the world would a God who is this do, do something like that? It's because we can't see down the road as far as he can. And I'm glad that God takes those circumstances and works them for his glory and for our good. And I'm thankful. You know, the wisdom, somebody said the wisdom of a chess player is displayed more in winning over a capable opponent than over a novice. The wisdom of the generals displayed more in defeating a superior army than in subduing an inferior one. Even more so, the wisdom of God is displayed when he brings good to us and glory to himself out of confusion and calamity rather than out of pleasant times. Why does God turn things upside down or allow them to be turned upside down sometimes? Because he gets much more glory out of that than if everything's smooth. Everything's like it ought to be. Here's our focus tonight. And I'm going to be brief in light of the Lord's table. But instead of trying to understand what he's doing, because remember, we don't have infinite knowledge. Instead of trying to understand what he's doing, as we said this morning, our job is to understand who he is. Our job is to focus on the who. But we're trying to seek satisfaction in knowing what, what's going on. Why, why is it going on? And I've said this probably a hundred times since I've been pastor. Sometimes it's good for us. It's mature spiritually for us not to need to know everything. 
You know some of the most spiritually mature people I know are people that don't have to know? Don't have to know. Some of the most spiritually immature people are always, hey, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about? Usually concerning somebody else's business. What about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? I just want to pray for them. I don't see any, any even, I don't even see a slight tinge of material on your knees. I don't even see a place that looks a little bit bare. And we say we're going to pray about the knowledge, the stuff we know about, we ought to have holes in our knees from praying so much. Amen. Well, we want to know everything, don't we? We say, I, I want to pray. Do we really pray? Do we, do, we, do we really pray? When we ask, what about so-and-so? Why? What's going on? I just, I'm just concerned. How concerned are we? How many hours have we spent in prayer? How many breakfasts and suppers have we missed? That's when we're concerned. Not just because we want a little information for our ammunition. We don't load our gun with ammunition. May God help us to be okay not knowing some stuff. Because, you know, most of the time, it's not ours to know. We seek satisfaction from knowing what's going on. Our satisfaction must come from knowing who's at work in all these things. Our satisfaction must not be, or our, our sufficiency should not come from knowing everything about a certain situation, but by knowing who is at work in the situation. And y'all are like this. Brother Justin works in, uh, with the fire department. And uh, so I'm sure he comes in contact with uh, EMS people. And, and he knows people in that field. And how many nurses we have in the medical field? Did you raise your hand? Medical field. And uh, I, would you hold your hand up just a minute so I can see it? Thank you. And so in, in law enforcement, I think that some of them may be working. Is Brother Dave here tonight? I think I saw Brother Dave somewhere. Brother Dave here. There you are, brother Dave, I'm sorry. And so, you, you all know, you know people like this. You get to a situation that really is out of your jurisdiction or out of your comfort zone or really it's not your thing to be dealing with. It's not yours. You're not the person in charge. What's the first thing you want to know when you pull up on something that's out of your control? First thing you want to know is who... Is handling it. Who's there? You know the first thing I wanted to know that day when Brother Mark Hooker had a heart attack up in the balcony? I want to know who all was around. You know why? Because when I found out who all was around and I knew in my heart he had the best care he could get. I thought, okay. If they can't do it, can't nobody do it. Right? So if you and, and these guys pull up on something and they know they know if so and so's in charge, okay, I'm good. I'm gonna sit in my car and do some paperwork. Cause I know they got it. You know that's the way it is. God is in full control of our life, of our and we don't have to know all the details. 
And when you pull and you know somebody's got it, or if you, and, and, and we do this way with teachers, those of you who are teachers, you know, so certain teachers have it under control. Certain teachers, when they have a class, it's like a zoo. And you know who's, who's got it and who don't have it. Am I right about it? You know, you roll your eyes. Somebody got punched in the face in, in, in class in the eighth grade. And the first question out of the other teacher's mouth, whose class was it? Or, or here's even better, I bet it was so-and-so's class. You know why they bet it was so-and-so's class? Because they know so-and-so don't have, don't have it under control. And some of these kids are beyond control, so I'm not fussing at teachers here. But boy, when you know who's in charge, and those of us who don't, you may not know what's going on in your life. You don't know all the details. You don't know why God's waiting so long to give you somebody. You don't know why God's waiting so long to take care of that financial reversal. You don't know why God's taking so long to heal you of this physical infirmity. But listen, you don't know, you don't know all the details about what's going on. But what you need to be settled about is that the God who you serve and the God who you're depending on, he knows everything about the situation. There is nothing. You can do all the research you want to do. You can call the Mayo Clinic. You can reference John Hopkins. You can call the most renowned doctors anywhere you want to call them. And you'll never call anybody that has as much knowledge or even close to it, even a thimble full of the knowledge that God has and if God is your father you can rest assured that he has infinite knowledge about the situation he has a love for you he has an interest in you he's not going to forsake you he's not going to leave you in the dark he's going to take care of you we can be settled not because we know what's going on but because we know who's involved in it he's heavily involved in your life if you're here tonight and you're saved by the grace of God, God is heavily involved in your life. He was so involved, he sent his son who was having a great time fellowshipping with the father, but he invaded his life and asked him to go and rescue you. And he did. So what makes us think that there's going to be even an ounce of our life or the details thereof that God misses? You don't have to go back and check him. Sometimes I have to go, I'll go back and check receipts to make sure everything adds up. How many of y'all go back and check stuff? Yeah? Or usually, especially if you see something, you go somewhere to buy something and you, and, and you think in one general vicinity, of money, you're thinking about $20 and it comes up $98.52. Hold the train a minute. Mama, where's your card at? That's the first question. And then you say, let me see that receipt a minute. Let me look at that. Why? Because it, 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 don't, it don't register. You know, God never has to, you never have to back check on him. You never have to wonder, God, I don't know what you did when I was 30 years old, but I think you messed up. Oh, no. God, I don't know what happened when I was this age or when I was this or when, when this happened or when I married I don't know what you, I don't know what was going on, but I just didn't feel like you were engaged in, oh, there's never a time. There's never a time when the omnipotent God of heaven is not involved with full knowledge of the situation in your life. Never a time. You may think that, 
You're badly mistaken. You may be thinking now, I, I know God's in charge and I know everybody says God's in charge. I'm not tired of hearing God's in charge. God's in I know he's in charge, but I just don't feel like stuff's happening for me like it ought to. Well, first of all, let's get our eyes off ourselves, and that'll help the first part of that. But second of all, you can rest assured. God's more important. God's more engaged in your life than you are. You want me to prove it to you? Here, let me prove it to you. How many of you usually go to sleep around 11 o'clock or before at night? Would you raise your hand? You know what God's doing when you're asleep? Taking care of you. He's more interested in you than you are. Because nobody in here stayed up all night wasn't worried about your heart beating. Bye. Trying to look in your chest and see if it was really beating or not. Anybody verified what your heart looks like besides, you know, ultrasounds? I'll say, don't do that, please, by the way. You're not having to check on that. Because God does. You know, it was a great day in my life when, and this is a long time ago, I know. I don't talk about it much. I think I may have talked to Miss Sharon, Brother Greg, about it. But it was a great day of my life. When I understood, when, when we was having all the health trouble with, with twins, 17 weeks in intensive care, and they gave them carbon dioxide instead of oxygen, and then they burned Dave's foot. And, and you know, the, the, one, the carbon dioxide issue, it just really, it didn't make me mad. It just made me, it made me really just stop. I stopped the car and just said, God, I don't know what you're trying to tell me, but I'm ready to learn. Like now. I'm ready. You know, I'm the kind of guy that I did homework before class let out because I didn't want to do it when I got home. I want to do it now. So I, I stopped the car and I said, Lord, I really, and I wasn't being disrespectful, but I really want to understand what's going on right here because I don't want to see this, these boys suffer anymore. So whatever you're trying to teach me, I want to get it. I want to pass the grade, get out of class. I'm ready for a break. So if you can tell me that, I'm, I'm ready to listen. And that day, I never, I never understood this like I did that day. He didn't speak to me audibly, but I guarantee you I heard him. He said to me, again, not audibly, and I didn't see him. Anybody tells you that, it's not being truthful. But just as real as it was, as we're sitting here talking, he said, I love those boys more than you ever thought about. I love them more than you ever thought about. It was almost like he said to me, do you honestly think I'm going to do something that's not right? I love them more than you do. Do you honestly think something's going to happen that I don't want to happen? Like I'm going to have a slip up? No. It's better for us to know the who, who's working than to know all the details. Because if you've got the right who, they're going to take care of the details. Y'all you, you know, those of you who eat out a lot, and I know that's been dampered by COVID a little bit. How many of y'all have a favorite restaurant? Somebody in the balcony, just tell me if you've you got a favorite restaurant, just raise your hand. Can somebody just blurt out what your favorite one is? Tyler, can you, t I know you made a video about it, but can you just tell me? <laughs> I'm teasing this, sir. Can you just tell me what your favorite restaurant is? <laughs> oh boy it's the inside joke 
milk bar and walnut cove. I promise if he goes in there a lot, and by the sound of things, he probably does. <laughs> if, if, there, if, if some of the, and, and, and I think all the service in there is good. I don't know. I don't, I don't go out to Walnut Cove that way a lot. But I've been in the milk bar and it was good. And if, but if some of it, if some of the service, the, uh, the waitresses or waiters are maybe okay. Those who's got a favorite restaurant, I promise you, what else you got? You got a favorite waiter or waitress. And when you go in, you don't ask, how y'all doing? You ask, is so-and-so working? Back at Cornette, you don't want to see Johnny. You want to see George. Am I right about it? You're right. You know I'm right. You love Johnny and all. But that ain't who you want to see. Let me just tell you. You don't go to Cornette because it's so great. You can cut this part out after 7 o'clock. <laughs> you don't go for the decorations. I promise. 1990 all the way. You know I'm right about it. The food's good. But you know who you go in there to talk to? Because he encourages you. You go to see George. You know it. You know you do. It ain't that. I mean, it's not that. You don't smell Lysol and Pine Sol when you go in there. Or even Clorox. That may be a good thing. You go in there because of who's there. Church, let me just tell you, you get so mixed up trying to catch all the details. You're going to drive yourself crazy. Right. Trying to catch, you can't catch everything. Amen. Boy, it was a good day in my life when I submitted to the sovereignty and yes. wisdom of God. Amen. When I understood Brother Sam that I don't know it all, but he does. Yes, sir. I don't know all the details. Yes, sir. And if I did, I couldn't handle it. Good. But he knows. Amen. And he has my best interest in mind. And he's going to handle everything with, with benevolence and with grace and with mercy. He's not going to blackmail me with any information. He's going to take care of me. When I understood it's more important the who of the knowledge than the details of the knowledge. You can rest in the wisdom of God. God knows where you are. He knows everything about you. He knows what's going to happen tonight, tomorrow. The next day and the next and the next. Every thought we're going to have. Those of you who are big planners, when you like to plan your meals out, God knows what you're going to eat now until the, the day you die. Wouldn't you like him to tell you about it? <laughs> Spurgeon said this. He was preaching on the subject of providence. He said, providence is wonderfully intricate. Ah, you want always to see through providence, do you not? In other words, you want to see the why and the details. And he says, you never will, I assure you. You have not eyes good enough. You want to see what good that affliction was to you? You must believe it. You want to see how it can bring good to your soul? You must be enabled by, in a little time. But you cannot see it now. You must believe it. Honor God by trusting him. Honor God by trusting him.
Trust in the fact that he knows what's best. His knowledge is based on the facts. It's based on the correct balance of the values. God's wisdom, God's knowledge is perfect. And God in his omniscience is working. And church, let's fall in love with the who. Not with just a desire to know why. Not with just a desire to know the circumstances. How many of you have ever been disappointed? Would you lift your hand? I have too. And I've, I've said and worried myself about disappointment. I've said and worried myself about what ifs. But God's shown me lately that I'd be a lot better off if I would lose or spend my time and losing sight of the details and gain sight of him. Spend time worshiping him. Spend time, spend less time trying to figure out everything and catch everything and manipulate everything. Do you not know God can take care of you? Oh, we're trying to figure it out. We got a plan. We got a, we got a procedure. We got to do it this way, Pastor. We got to do it this way. And I'm not for laziness. I'm not for apathy. But I'm about tired of God's people trying to do his job. God is good at what he does. He's the best at what he does. There's nobody like him. There's nobody with his knowledge. There's nobody with his power. There's nobody with his wisdom. There's nobody with his love, his mercy, his grace. Let God do his job. Let's quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to catch the details. Quit trying to write them down. Quit, quit trying to keep score. And trust the God of wisdom. Trust the God of knowledge. He knows about you. The biggest thing I've got to do in understanding God knows about me is I got to be right with him. I got to be, I got to understand there's a spiritual UV light on me at all times. Sees every part of me.